Okay. Shalom Ubracha. Hope everybody's okay and recuperating from Shavuot. And why I say recuperating Shavuot is not just the health issues of the cheesecake and the sugar and the cholesterol and the whatever, but it's also, it's demanding. It's, uh, we're gonna go into this a little. You know, in Shavuot, you're up all night, okay? And then from there, you don't go to sleep. You eat a meal. You're obligated to eat a normal meal. And the meal is heavy. There's challah, there's fish, there's salads, there's meat, okay? And like that, you don't go to sleep. <laughs> We're off to shul, up all night, reading, reading, and reading, and reading. And then, in the morning, there's the mikveh. And then the davening is long. There's halal, okay? There's megillat root. There's Kreta Torah, there's Akdamut, and by the Sfarim they have the Ketubah, it's also very long, okay? All this is long. And Bashkin doesn't have Yotzrot, those who do it. That's even another 20 minutes, 30 minutes, depends. In Breslov, in, at least in Masharim, they made a new Takana, that because it's so long, the Yotzrot, they decided and it's Tircha de Tzibura, so after Alot HaShachar, they do already the Yotzrot then. That way they only leave a little piece, and that's all there is for the Vagadusha. But we're exhausted. It's, it's a hard avoda. So we're going to go into this a little. What, what is the avoda? What is the devotion of uh, Shavuot based on this lesson 24? But to explain it, we have to go back to the ideas of 24. We're going to go a bit deeper. We're not all the way in yet. We haven't even stepped in yet. We're just, all this is introduction to the ideas that Rabbi Nachman explains in lesson 24. So in lesson 24, he says there that it's the tendency of the soul, the Jewish soul, to run after the, the what's called the Ensof, the, the infinite light. This is what gives a Jew and anybody a push to continue in life in face of any type of darkness, is that he's always looking at a higher light, there's a good light, there's something strong and powerful and above everything else, and my focus is there. If you focus there, you can continue. So now, okay, let's take the person out who's doing that. The focus is the person is trying to attain what's called the infinite light. We went into that last week about the idea of the or and self, the five levels of the soul, okay? So a Jew is trying to go from level to level, from level to level, okay? And he's going past now the accessible levels of his soul. We said there's a nefesh, ruach, neshama, the lower soul, the spirit and the upper soul, which, which are comparison, which match, which represent obtainable levels in your life. We're going to go into them eventually. What is Bria, Yetzira, Asiya, which are the worlds, the universes, which correspond to these three levels of the soul. This, like I said, Ari Kaplan, beautifully in inner space, he shows how each level of the soul is connected to universe. And what is universe? We'll go into that as, as we go on into this Shia Bezrat Hashem. But those are what are called obtainable, attainable levels, okay? But the Jew is looking for more. He's looking for Hashem himself. I want to connect to God. That's above everything else. So, in the lesson he says, <clears throat> a Jew goes from level to level, and it starts all the way in the bottom, but not in the bottom. Trapped under the bottom, it's called, it's called Hechalat Murot. There's a term which we haven't even gone to at all. <laughs> also, it's called the exchanged chambers. Hechalat Murot. Rav Nossin summarizes in one idea what is the, the chamber of exchanges. All the suffering you're going through, all the confusions, all the doubts, 
all the obstacles, all the misery, all the stress, all the pain, everything you're going through in life, we call that Hechalat Murad. That comes from the exchanged chambers. Okay? Every Jew, in a way, starts from that point. He starts there. Our goal is to get out, not to stay there. He says in the lesson, Rabbi Nachman, you know how to get out? It's not like we'll have to maybe see this doctor, this psychiatrist, this specialist, go to this tzaddik, do this segula. It's by being besimcha and doing what you're doing in life and serving Hashem. You're davening, daven besimcha. You're trapped in the exchange chambers. And in that, while in there, you have Shabbat, you have Yom Tov, you have Tefillin, you have Tzitzit, you have Mitzvah, you have Brachot. Whatever you're doing, if you succeed in doing it with joy, this is what lifts you out of the exchange chambers. Ki besimcha Remember, this is the main verse of this whole lesson. Ki besimcha With joy you get out of everything. Okay? So we start from that point, And once you get out, there's a momentum. There's heat. There's energy. There's fire. Level to level. Level to level. Level to level. And now a Jew's about to reach the light of the infinite one. But ah, you can't. It's, unattain- it's unreachable. If you reconnect there, you'll just disappear. Because there'll be no more free will, there'll be no, no more corporeality, no more physical existence, you'll just disappear. So there's a block. In, he, in the Zohar, it's called a Prisa. A Prisa is like a wall. And this wall, the Zohar calls, Rabbi Nachman brings the Zohar, it's called the Keter, the crown. You would think, the crown of Hashem. The crown, like it says in Pirkei Avod, Rabbi Nachman quotes this Pirkei Avod in Lesson 6, Siag Lechochma. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a fence around the Chokhmah. There is the wisdom of God. And this Keter is like a crown around it, like a protection. So what happens is when a Jew goes up and up and up and up, each one, Rav Nassim says, it's not just for big tzaddikim this, each one according to the level. You have at your personal level times when Hashem gives you a high according to your level, if your background from Miami, from Toronto, from university, from all the things you went through, and you have a high at the level, as opposed to a guy from Measharim, he has a different type of a high. He has a different one. He was more exposed to Kedusha and Sadiqim and everything. They give him a different type of high. Each one has a different type of high according to where they came from, their background, etc. Each one, according to the level of having a high, they need a keter. They need a block before they just over. They expire. They go too fast and they go too high, and the light will be too overwhelming for them. So there has to be what's called this keter. Rabbi Nachman teaches Keter, crown, is similar to a verse. He brings the exact same idea in Lesson 6, the Kutay Moram. Keter <coughs> is like a word found in the book of Job, Eov. Katar li ze'er v'achaveka. Eliphaz, I think, told Eov, give me, he asked a good question, how could God do this and this and this and that? So Eliphaz said, give me a moment to, ref- to reflect and I, I will answer you. Katar li ze'er, wait for me a little. Let me settle my thoughts and I'll give you a good answer. It's not, it's not an accomplishment to give someone a quick answer. I want to give a good answer. I need time. Give me, give me a chance to reflect. So the Keter, Rabbi Nachman teaches, is a, is a bounce. It's like a blockage that lets me bounce back. Why? Because that way I can settle my brain, settle my mind. Because when a person is like biking... Okay? You're now exerting and you're going and just, so you're busy with momentum. Even your thoughts are in the momentum. You need a break to stop to think what you did. It's like a guy in a race, in a horse race or a biking race or a marathon. He's busy thinking to get to the line. He thinks about other things. thinks about how am I, I going to pay the overdraft in the bank? 
the guy's running. Just imagine the guy's running or in, in a contest of horses and he's just thinking, oh my God, I forgot to buy it. My wife told me to buy it to bring tonight for supper, macaroni or pasta. If he starts thinking about other things, he won't be able to run properly. The guy who's running or racing or horse riding, he has to focus on one thing. I have to get there, period. That's all I think about, right? So he's busy thinking about the momentum. So he's not thinking of the goal, of the accomplishment, what he's doing and everything in life. He's just thinking about, I have to get there. I have to get my moment to get there. Once he gets there in spiritual and spiritually, the get there, it bounces him back. Okay? The bounce, it's called a ma'akev. It's a bouncing. It's an obstacle. It pushes a person back. To what extent? We're going to see. Rav Nassim says, a person can be pushed back all the way back down to the chamber of exchanges even. It goes back all the way down. The difference is, He's accomplished something now. This bounce causes the person, wait, wait, you're not ready yet. We want you to bounce. Settle your mind. Because for you to go past this wall, you can't. But you are able to obtain wisdom of what's behind the wall, even though you're on this side of the wall also. Even though you're not there, still with the, what you merited to reach this far and accepting the bounce back, which enables your mind to become settled, you now coupled with emuna, can reach high levels of understanding that you never had before ever in life. And that's the infinite light at that person's level right now. The infinite light, it's called infinite light because there's infinite levels of light. Each person, according to what I need right now in my life, I can get a piece of wisdom from this infinite light. Later on, 10 years later, I'll have another piece of information at a different level from the infinite light. But there's infinite levels which are beyond the person. How to tap into them? It's with this bounce. So this bounce back is necessary. That's what keeps a person going. Rav Nosen illustrates this, by the way, in the davening. The davening, the morning service. Shacharit has four stages up to including the Shmon Esra. There's the first stage called the Korbanot, up to Hodu. Then you have Hodu with Psuke de Zimra. Then you have the Kretschma and the blessings of Kretschma. And then you have the Shmon Esra itself. And after that, on a normal day, we have Tachanun, okay? So Vinosan explains. Each section is a level. Like the korbanot is like the legs going early. You're beginning to leave the exchange chambers. We start the morning. Everyone starts the morning difficult. You're tired. You're draining. How am I going to get to shul? I have to, I have to put exertion and effort and energy to start the morning services because it's hard. It's going from night to day. Is going from night to day. It's not easy. It's night and from the night, I'm going into the day. That's the ideal davening. Ideal davening, Shulchan Aruch says, is that a person should daven nets. That I should wake up the night, and not that the night, the, the, sorry, the morning, the morning dawn light, and not that the morning wakes me up. I should be up before the morning starts. That's what the Shulchan Aruch starts in the beginning of the Shulchan Aruch, right? So we're going from darkness to light. That's the first stage of the davening. The korbanot, the, 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 all the idea of the korbanot there is to elevate from animal and upwards. And also we see ktoret, which is, the, which is one of the main themes of this lesson also. Which also, ktoret has the power to take up from the lowest levels of klipot, of husks, of evil, and get a person up all the way. So that's the first level. That's corresponding to the first world, first universe, the nefesh. And then you have psuke de zimra, which is happy now, psuke de zimra, it's singing. At the same time, zimra means to cut. This is We're removing ourselves <coughs> from another level of evil, of darkness, getting out more by being happy. There's a big thing to say the psuke de zimra 
with Zemer, singing. It's called Psuke de Zimra. It's verses which are sung. It's all praising God. It's happy. It's a very positive, happy attitude, Psuke de Zimra, which would say that that's the main stage. That's the next level of the Ruach. And then we have the, the, the blessings of the Kriyachma and the Kriyachma, which is the Neshama already, which is the upper soul. There's more depth that's Kriyachma. It's focusing. It's the purpose of life. Not just singing, thank you, Hashem, and praising Hashem, but now of wisdom, of awareness that Hashem is the creator, period. Okay? He creates night and day, and the blessing that we have the Torah, we have the mitzvah to learn Torah, okay? And then when we're past all three worlds, three levels of Nefesh, Ruach, Neshama, we face the Shemun Esra, which is utter silence, quietness, that's Atzilu, that's the highest level, highest world. That's the maximum of a day, of a Jew's day, in his daily schedule of, 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 of a daily living, is the Shemona Esra, the Amida prayer, you're standing one with Atzilut. Okay, so it's a foretaste of, of the Keter, it's preparing for this light, I'm ready now to face the infinite one, as if, in this in these prayer called the Shemona Esra. But we don't stay there, you finish the Shemona Esra, right after is Tachanun, and what's called Nefilat Apayim. We make our face, the face is the countenance, is the wisdom, we bring it down purposely. And it says, really, that a person is in such danger at the time. You see, there's a difference between Sephardim and Ashkenazim. The Ashkenazim, they do the actual physical um, uh, movement, the activity of putting their head down on the arm, which is what's actually happening. We're taking the countenance, which is the wisdom of the person, and putting, putting it downwards to show that we're going now to the depths. We're sent back after the Shemona Esra, back into the depths, into the depths, of wherever, in order to, to go start again and to extract again more holiness. After all this accomplishment, you're sent back again down, okay? Svardim, we don't do the actual physical movement, but we say the verses that you're supposed to say, chapter 25, is the, is the, is the chapter said, which is, the Arizal and the Orzar explain, that this is the chapter of a person's expression when he's being sent back down, all the way down, to help get out, is this chapter 25. So we say the chapter, but we don't do the nefilat apayim. And by the Ashkenazim and Hasidim, I think, they do the actual putting down the head on the, on the, the forehead and on the arm, but they don't say the actual psukim of Tehillim, chapter 25. 25 or 25? I forgot already. I think it's 25, yeah. Okay? So that shows us this whole idea that you go up and up and up and up, but you're not meant to stay there. Why are you not meant to stay there? Because if you stay there, you'll just disappear. <laughs> There'll be no more free will, be self-negation. That's, that's, not, that's not the goal. Hashem wants us as a physical human being to recognize Him. As a, not as an angel. Hashem doesn't need angels. He has enough angels who have no free will and are just one with Him on a level of no free will. But that's not the, that's not the beauty of, of the creation. The beauty of creation is that someone physical like us can still be physical and yet connect to Hashem. That's also, that's this term, mate vela mate. I'm reaching, but not reaching, Okay. And Rabbi Nachman says, this is the secret to spirituality. This is the secret to coming close to Hashem. And it's not like people think, oh, I, was, I had such a bad past, such a bad life. Now Hashem has opened the doors for me. So I have to run all the way. You don't run all the way. You run to a certain limit. Because if you run all the way, you'll disappear. <laughs> you'll melt. There'll be self-negation. There'll be nullification. That's not, the, that's not what Hashem wants. He wants you to be on one hand in the physical existence and yet be able to recognize God as best as possible, as the highest level possible. This process is done with this Keter, bouncing into the Keter, each person according to the level, and accepting the bounce, even if it means going all the way back down, but you're not the same person because you've built up, built up, built up. It's not like 
What happened to all those 10, 20 years? They didn't go down the drain. All the Torah study, all the mitzvot, all the good you did, and then the person is sent back to wherever they sent back to. It's not that, okay, so I got nowhere. I accomplished nothing. Rabbi Nachman says, don't, don't make that mistake. In lesson 25, he says, people, Hasidim, make this big mistake when they see that they're flying, they're davening like, like angels, and everything is amazing, and all of a sudden they have a major drop. So they think, that's it, I fell Hashem doesn't love me, Hashem doesn't want me, Hashem doesn't need me. Rabbi Nachman says, don't make that mistake. That's a mistake. You've gone up a level. This is the proof that you've gone up a level, is that now you've gone down even lower than where you were before. This is the sign that you are growing, that you've advanced. Because now that you've built and received much more Torah and holiness, you're ready not to go back down. Why go back down? Because as long as Mashiach is not here, there are still holy sparks to collect from the realm of darkness, the realm of impurity, and a Jew has to be sent back there to collect more. And he has more ability to collect more because of what he's gone through, the accomplishments of going up and up and up and then being sent down. The thing is, the trick is to accept it and to be besimcha and happy and to believe this is what Hashem wants of me. And my only way out is if I'm besimcha again. This is the process, okay? So now let's take a look at Shavuot. Watch this. This is amazing. Let's see the whole picture in vain of what we did in Shavuot. Because again, the devotion of Shavuot is not easy. The, from the mikveh on, you're, trying, you're struggling to keep awake. <laughs> it's not easy. You know, we're up all night. And we're in the mikveh, and then there's the davening. People are struggling to keep their eyes open. So because that many people daven with force. In Breslov, Akdamut. Akdamut takes about 40 minutes. 30 minutes, 40 minutes. It's unbelievable. And they're screaming every word from the top, top of their lungs. The, the beautiful nigun, it's the nigun. Agdam, Rabbi Nachman said, the Jewish people are spoiled, that they don't know the greatness of this uh, poem, Agdamut, and the, and the melody sung to it. If they would have known the great, if they would know the greatness of this poem, Agdamut, and the nigun, they would flip out, because it's so powerful. But the Jews are so spoiled with goodness, they don't value, they don't recognize to value the greatness of Agdamut. He said it's a very powerful, powerful song. So in best of communities, it takes them a long time to say it. Two reasons. One is people are, are tired, so to stay awake, they have to scream in order to stay awake. But number two, because of, of its power, and greatness of this, of, of, when you look at the word, the translation of the words, it's unbelievable what we're saying there. It's really, uh, it's showing the commitment of the Jewish people to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and why Hashem has given them the Torah. That's the whole, the whole backbone of the, of the Akdamut. So let's take a look at Shavuot in light of this lesson. We don't go to sleep. We stay up all night and we're reciting Torah. Uh, mainly the Torah reciting is the parts rela related to the secrets of the Torah. There's the Psukim, Torah Shebikhtav, the, the 613 mitzvot derived from the Psukim, and there's Midrash, uh, Ein Yaakov, and Zohar. Added later on is Mishnayas, some people also add Mishnayas, not everybody says Mishnayas, right? But it's mainly going into the secrets of the Torah, going find, to finally reach the, the Kabbalah. So the light, there's a lot of light and energy on reciting these psukim all night. It's one, two, three, four hours, five hours. It's unbelievable. Okay? It's, it's pure energy. More and more and more going from level to level. Starting with the chumash, the mitzvot, the midrash, and Yaakov, ending with the Zohar. Okay? And it's energy and fire and fire. Now, what extinguishes fire? Water. Okay? The water of the mikveh. Okay, let me explain a little. The Arizal says that when, the, first of all, 
Rabbi Nachman says that this mikveh of Shavuot morning is the most powerful mikveh of the entire year. The mikveh of Shavuot morning is literally entering the 50th level of holiness. That's already above a person's level. You're entering the 50th gate, which is Hashem's gate. We have Shuvu Elai, Vashuva Elechem. Hashem says, come back to me. We come back to Hashem using 49 levels. We have 49 gates of repentance. And then Hashem says, Vashuva Elechem, I'll come back to you. That's His level. That's the 50th level, which is way above our level. That's the gate of Hashem. We enter the mikveh of Shavuot. That's the gate of Hashem. That's unbelievable when you think about it. So the Arizal says, a person should dunk five times in the mikveh on the morning of Shavuot. Okay? The five times correspond to the four letters of Hashem's name, Yud, K, Vav, K. And the fifth time, for Notzer Chesed, am I right? Notzer Chesed, you remember? Notzer Chesed, he says, which is one of the 13 attributes of mercy. It's Hashem keeps the Chesed, which means, or Rav Chesed, I'm trying to remember, Rav Chesed or Notzer Chesed, Basically, it means you're tapping into abundant kindness. Now, he says, Arizal, to have in mind with each letter of Yud Kivavke, the vowel point called Kamatz. So, you have to have in mind the first dunk, Yud of a Kamatz, He of a Kamatz, and Vav of a Kamatz, and then He of a Kamatz, and then Rav Chesed. Five dunks, okay? You got to hurry up because there's thousands of people going to the mikveh at the same time. The mikvehs are crazy right before Shachar, because Arizal says right before Alot Shachar to go to the mikveh. That's the, that's the idea, okay? What is Yud Kevavke with Kamatz in the, in the, in the corresponding uh, aspect of Yud Kevavke when it's spelt, vocalized with, with uh, Kamatz? That is the combination for Keter. You see, you have 10 vowel points. In, in Hebrew, in Hebrew, you have Kamatz, Patach, Chirik, Shva, Segol, Choylem, Melapum, okay? There's ten in total. Well, really, there's nine. There's nine, because Malchut doesn't have one in itself. There's nine uh, vo- uh, vocalized dots. Kubutz, okay? Tseri, Segol, Patach, Kamatz, Chirik, Cholem, Shva, okay? There's all types of, uh, of dots, nine in total. So they correspond to the nine of the ten Sfirot, with the top one being Keter, and that's the, 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 the kamatz. That is what we're having in mind when going to the mikveh. What is happening? We, on the night of Shavuot, built ourselves up. Built ourselves up with a lot of energy to come close to Hashem. We're, we're learning Torah. In order to receive the Torah on the day of Shavuot, at the reading of the Torah, Kreta Torah, it's like we're, again, reliving Har Sinai again. So it's a build-up to fix what the Jews didn't do in the desert. The Jews were sleeping, Right? And Hashem had to wake them up in order to receive the Torah. To not make that mistake, to fix that, we stay up all night to be a proper shushvin, to be a proper escort of the Torah, to receive, to be the escort to receive the Torah on the day of Shavuot, B'zat Hashem. So we build up. So you would think, you're building up, continue the momentum. No, no continuing the momentum. Stop. We go to the mikveh, and the mikveh is water. Even if it's a hot mikveh, water extinguishes fire. We come with all the fire of the Torah all night. Fire, 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 fire. We go to the mikveh. We purposely extinguish with water coming from Keter. This high level of Keter, which is a bounce back. The bounce back is reflected in the difficulty to stay awake in the davening. Okay? Your fight, it's not a normal davening. You know that. Unless you're an angel, you have a hard time davening shachari after being up all night. Being up all night and then going to davening. A a normal human being has a hard time doing that. It's not easy. It's a fight. I'm struggling. And it gets harder and harder and harder. Most people are already dozing off by Hallel or by 
whatever, create the Torah, people have to find all types of ways how to stay up, okay? This lack of concentration and confusion and not knowing what's there is the whole idea. That's the thing. That I'm being pushed after the Keter of the Mikri in the morning, bounced back all the way to confusion in a way like the exchange chambers, going back. And what's the thing now? I have to do what I have to do. And the only way to really get out is if I'm besimcha. So the main work of Shavuot, to stay awake, to stay alive, is to do everything besimcha. The main themes of the, the, the day also represent that. What do we read? Megillat Rut. What's Megillat Rut? The story of how David HaMelech came from a convert, a Moabite. A Moabite woman descended from Moab from an illicit relationship of, of Lot with his daughter. That's Moab comes from that. From that, Mashiach comes. We read it, that's an idea of exchange chambers. That such a holy nishama like Mashiach had to specifically come from Ruth, who came from Moab. Okay? That's one thing we read. That's the main, but the main theme of Shavuot is look where David Amelech, who's the Mashiach, who's the one who took the five books of Moshe and made the five books of Psalms to sing the melody corresponding to the Torah. That's how we bring out the actual essence of the Torah is Tehillim. Tehillim is... <coughs> like Rabbi Nachman says, to take Torah lessons, turn them into prayers. That's David. He passed away on, on, on Shavuot because he's the epitome of the light of, of receiving the Torah. It's one thing to receive the Torah, and then what do you do with it? You daven about it. Right? Moshe gave us the Torah, what to do. David Amelech through Tehillim gives us the weapons of prayer to bridge from potential. I know what to do, now to actually do it. I'm going to have a lot of obstacles, a lot of. Evil is going to try to prevent me from doing the Torah. So I need prayer. I need singing. I need master of, of the weapon of prayer, which is King David. He's the master of prayer of this weapon to, to, to fulfill that. And his yard site specifically is on Shavuot. We read root to show where does King David, who Mashiach will come from. Where does he come from? He comes from root. He comes from Moab. That's an exchange, uh, the idea of exchange chambers. Akdamut, something weird. Akdamut also. It's written in Aramaic. The author sent away across the Sambation. You know the story more or less about the author, Meir Balakdam. But I don't remember all the details. It's a nice story. But the author, he had to cross over this river that only stops on Shabbat. And he had to do an, uh, an Isur of crossing over that river to get to the other side. And he could never come back again because it would, would require... For, if, um, um, What's, it, what's the word? Going against the... Uh, what's the word in English? Shabbat, to desecrate the Shabbat by going, by going back, okay? And yet, where is he buried? Where's the, the tradition says he's buried in Gush Chalav, north of Meron. How is he buried in Eretz Yisrael? <laughs> now the whole story is that he, was, he crossed the Sambation River and he can't come back. Well, what's, the, what's going on? Plus, every word, every stanza of Agdamut ends what? Tav Aleph. Going backwards. Tav connotes reaching the end. You've, you've, you've accomplished. You started at Aleph, and you go all the way to Tav, and then what you do after every Tav, there's an Aleph. Shoot, uh, every word ends with a Tav Aleph. Tav Aleph, and it's aligned in every book with the Tav Aleph at the end. Why? Because it's showing you're going backwards now. Tav, back to Aleph. <laughs> That's the idea, that it's exchanged. There's an exchangement. The whole av- Avodah of Shavuot is to accept the bounce of the Keter, and which means lack of fulfillment, lack of dot, lack of awareness, and yet accepting it. And it's such a high day, and I'm so tired and drowsy. It's such a high day, and I'm, I'm, I'm losing out so much because I'm tired. 
No, that's the whole thing. This is the way how you receive the Torah at the highest of levels is that you are as you are. You're drained and upside down and you're not focused. You're all like a drunk person. And this is the, and you accept the situation. This is how you, accept, you receive the Torah. Unbelievable. This is the idea of Shavuot. This is what Rabbi Nachman reveals of how a person can receive the, the Torah at the highest levels. When he gave this lesson over, we just remember he was screaming the words. Rav Nossin couldn't understand a word Rabbi Nachman was saying. We have this lesson because afterwards Rabbi Nachman gave his manuscript to Rav Nossin to copy. And there's this oral tradition that when Rabbi Nachman gave this lesson, he covered his face with a handkerchief. It was so intense, he had to put a, a, a mechitza, a wall, a keter in front of his face. People who peeked saw that his face was glowing red when he was giving over this lesson. Because this lesson, the whole secret of this lesson, is to be connected and at the same time to be disconnected. But while disconnected, you're really connected. How do you explain that? I'm, I want to connect, but the secret to connection is you must disconnect. <laughs> I want to connect. What's the idea of tshuva? I'm coming back to you, Hashem. I want to be, I want to be a good Jew. I want to serve you. And now you tell me to disconnect? You say yes. Because the only way to connect to the highest levels in life is you have to accept the disconnection, even if it means going all the way down, but you're on the same at the same time you're disconnected. This way, by accepting it, you will be connected. This is what the Zohar calls mate, vela mate. You're reaching, but really you're not reaching. You're connected, but you're really you're not you're 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 connected, but you're not connected. This is the way of a Jew. This explains also the nature of of a Jew. You have how you are when you're studying Torah. For example, you, you put your Daf Yomi. When you put your Gemara, you feel completion. You feel, you feel Shlemut. When you see the words of the Torah, okay? When you, when you melt into the learning, you're now learning Torah. You now absorb yourself into the Torah. You're connecting to something, an entity in existence, which is complete. And you feel it. You feel the completion. So naturally, it should brush off on you. You're learning Torah for so many years, so many pages of Gemara, so much Halacha, so many Mishnayot, so much Torah you've gone through, so many Chumash and Psukim and Rashi and everything. You know so much, so you would expect to see such a complete person. And yet you see people that when they close the book, it's like a different person. There's the person when he's learning Torah, and that same person taking when he's at home with his kids and his wife and shopping and on the street, and it looks like a different person. Where's that person who is learning the Torah? And now he's on the streets, he's at home, he's like a different person. Where is that holiness? You'd expect it to have a momentum and a continuity. That's the idea. That's the secret of a Jew's existence and con continuity, is that we have this in and out. All of life is in and out. There's the time for davening, time for learning. There's time for eating, time for work, time to go out to the world. I have to go and do things. This balance of being in and out, in and out, is the secret for success of every Jew. person who's always in, he's always plugged in, unless he's one of these big, big, big tzaddikim, that even when they're out, they're, they're always in. <laughs> even when they're disconnected, they're still flying. Rabbi Nachman talks about that on a lesson given on the same Shabbat as this lesson. This lesson, lesson 24, was given on a Friday night in the summer, the year 1803. And on Shabbat day, he gave a lesson how tzaddiki, in lesson 16, are able to be connected and disconnected. But even when they're disconnected, they're really connected. Okay, it's, it's a so similar theme 
to lesson 24, but on the opposite, uh, opposite like end. Here we're talking about a tzaddik now, who's always connected, but sometimes, it's like he says, there, the eyes are sometimes like, the eyes are shining sometimes like the sun, but sometimes like the moon. That's the eyes of the tzaddikim. That they're shining with the light of the Torah, normally like the sun, but when they remove it, it's like the moon, but it's still shining. Okay? But us, in lesson 24, he says, we go down all the way to the exchange chambers. We, we purposely leave the world, the fold of holiness in Torah. We leave the shul, we leave the Beit Midrash, we leave what is such a high in order to continue our mundane life. Because I have to, number one, I have to. But more than I have to, this is the vessel afterwards to receive. He says in the lesson, just more details, that when a person does this bounce against the Keter, he's going up and up and up and up and he bounces. This bounce, we didn't go into say it at all, and we're going to have to go into this eventually. This bounce creates nine chambers. There's what's called the nine hechalot, teisha hechalot. How do you get nine? So he says, a person comes with his chokhmah bina dat, his wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. And at every level you have your wisdom, knowledge, and understanding who work together. But there are three, three units, individual, but they work together. You have the wisdom, knowledge, understanding. Each one has a different branch in, in knowledge of Hashem. When your three bang into the Keter, this boundary, and bounce back, so by, ba- by bouncing, they intermingle with, with each other, so it becomes three times three. Okay, the three times three creates nine. We'll go into that. Why is it multiplication, not addition? It's specifically multiplied three times three. It creates these nine chambers. And these nine chambers are the means how to perceive God. These nine chambers, by the way, also correspond to the nine... Vo- vo- uh, vo- vo- uh, vocalized dots of all the we said there's kamats, patach, chirik there's nine in total and also the nine sfirot which are under the keter there's ten with keter there's, there's ten besides that there's nine lower sfirot so we're given a chance to bounce back start again build up and build up and this time receive much more every time it's a different experience it's more you, you, you look back sometimes a person looks back 20, 20 30 years ago, he said, oh, I, when I was younger, I used to be able to daven better, I used to learn better. It's the exact opposite. You have so much accumulated inside of your neshama, okay? You, if you take what you have now and go back 30 years, you know, your, bo- your, your body won't be able to, c- to hold that capacity. It'll just blow up because you've accomplished so much in, in Torah, in, in, in spirituality, in, in building up your nefesh, ruach, neshama. So it's wrong to say that back then I was much better. It's just the opposite. You've received so much more. So because of that, you're more fulfilled, more filled up. You're able to handle going back and not break because of it. Because you have so much, you know, you know that's out there. You saw Hashem with your own eyes, as the, the, the expression goes. I saw God. I saw Hashem. You know the, the story of the Ber Dechever, of Levi Tzaka Ber when he became a chassid, and he went to visit his hometown, everybody was against him. They were all mocking and making, because he came from like Lithuania. He came from that part of the, the Jewish fold, where the, 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 the Litvish Misnagdim were from. So they were upset at him. And they said, what did you learn by the chassidim? So he said, I learned that there's a God. They said, you have to go to the chassidim to learn that there's a God. Come with us. They went to the bakery, and they had a young girl working in the back in the bakery. They asked the young girl, do you believe in God? She said, of course I believe in God. So they said to him, this girl, she didn't go to the Hasidim, and she believes in God, okay? And she knows there's a God. You know there's a God? She said, yes. 
and you have to go to the Hasidim. So he said, she says it, but I know it. <laughs> I know it. I saw. I saw Hashem. Okay? Vareet Hashem, and I saw God. That's a pasuk, right? In Yeshayahu, Vareet Hashem, and I saw God. Or Yecheska, one of the two. Okay? Yeshaya. So this is the idea that every Jew has that experience, and after having that experience, they send it back like as if nothing happened. So the idiot will say, so that's the case, so there's nothing. So just, you know, fall back and that's it. But the wise person will say, if that's out there and this is what will happen to me, then this is part of the picture. It can't be that, this, that all this was just for nothing. All this was for some purpose. He also says, for example, of Nosen, it's hard to accept that Hashem created such a complicated human being. The human being with the eyes and the skeleton and the, and the whole anatomy of the human being is so deep, it's so profound. And to say that the purpose of a person's life is just to suffer and to go through darkness, that can't be. It can't be that the purpose of this world is only suffering and misery and garbage and that's it. It can't be, Rav Nassim writes. It has to be that Hashem, what, what we're taught, that Hashem created the world out of His benevolence, out of His love, in order that people should experience His goodness. But Rav Nassim says, but yet you see people, everyone's walking around sad and, and upside down and miserable and all types of problems and this. And such a, Hashem invested so much in creating a human being and it's for that for suffering, it can't be that that's the real truth, he says. So, but uh, how, do you pass, how do you bypass what seems to be the reality that everyone's suffering? He says, from here you see, our goal, our mission in this world, in this galut, in this exile, is to turn the sadness into joy. That's the only way to get out. The only way to get out is if you take a positive attitude. If you wait for things to get better on their own, they won't. You have to make them better. You, you have to change them for the good by being besimcha. Every Jew, Rav Nosen writes, right, explains the beautiful Mishnah in Perkei Avot, Rabbi Hananya ben Akasha, Omer, Atzak HaKadosh Buchu, Lezakot it Yisrael, Lefichach herba lehem Torah, Mitzvot, Shemar Hashem Chafetz, Leman Sitko, Yagdil Torah, Yadir, right, so the translation is, right, Rabbi Hananya ben Akasha says, and by the way, he's buried up north, on the way to Meron, one day we have to go there together, okay, he said, Hashem wanted to bring zchut, merit to the world, so therefore, he gave him tons of mitzvot. So if Nosen asks, tons of mitzvot, that's a burden. What a merit. You give us tons of mitzvot, that sounds more like a burden. What do you mean Hashem wanted to give merit? So he gave them a lot of mitzvot. Every mitzvah is like a restriction. I can't eat not kosher. I can't do this. I can't, I'm limited as a Jew. I can't do whatever I want. I have to have my beard in a certain way, my hair cut in a certain way, my nails, cutting my nails, right? The, the laws of, of marriage on a certain way, kashrut, Chinuch, cleanliness, how to wash yourself. There's laws for every part of, of, the, of the life. Every day of a Jew, Shulchan Aruch covers every part of life. Four sections of Shulchan Aruch, giant. All the code of Jewish law covers every... It's like a restriction. So Vinosin says just opposite. He says, because there are so many mitzvot, you have so many opportunities to connect to Hashem whenever you want. Because the word mitzvah means to connect. You have a connector. So you have so many ways to connect. The Mishnah Burah, the very first, I love always saying this, the first Bir Halakha in Mishnah Burah. He says how a Jew can do constantly six mitzvot by thought. There's six mitzvot you can do any second, every second by just thinking about God, thinking that you're of, your, of, your, of your mission. You have six mitzvot there just by thinking you're doing a mitzvah automatically. Unbelievable, okay? So what's the idea? That even though this world 
Like Rabbi Nachman says, the way people are suffering in this world, this world must be the Gehinam. Okay, so it's Gehinam, let's say. Let's say it's Gehinam and people are going through what they're going through. But yet, you have the, the possibility and within your reach, within your means, to do mitzvot every second here. So now, you can choose to do the mitzvot, like a dead person, out of it, and influenced by the sadness and the stress and the difficulties and everything you're going through, and that influences the mitzvot performance. Or you can say, hey, the only way to get out of this is through the mitzvot, and being happy and doing it, then I'm connecting to Hashem by the tzitzit, by the coin I give to the tzedakah, by saying the bracha, by refraining from not eating non-kosher and eating, not, eating yes kosher, from saying a good word, from learning a piece of Torah, from davening. Everything you do, the attitude of joy, will be the key to transform the Gehenam into Ganeden. Right? Rav Nossin once said, that the, 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 his opponents, they said about him, he's for sure going to Gehenam. There was a time in Rav Nossin's uh, opposition against him that the, 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 uh, the opponent said he's for sure going to gain him. So when Rav Nassim heard it, he said, no problem. I'll just say a lesson of Likutei Moran and I'll turn the gain into Gan Eden. What's the problem? I'll transform my gain into Gan Eden. By just learning this lesson, he would say. That's our idea also here. That you, can sh- you, you decide how you get out of your Galut. You can. It's within reach, within reach. The reason why we don't see it because the majority of people don't do this. But I can't go over the flow. I have to make a difference because it's my life here. I don't want to drown down, down the toilet drain of everybody else. I want to make it in life. I want to, to connect to Hashem. I want to fulfill my purpose. If I can't be a big tzaddik, I'm, look, if, I'm not looking for that. I'm looking to connect to Hashem. Even the big tzaddikim, they didn't look to become big tzaddikim. They looked to connect to Hashem and then ended up they became big tzaddikim because of doing that. That's the thing that Hashem expects of us, that we reach out to be positive and strong because that's the way out. That is the way out. I'm not, okay, I didn't speak to this person, I didn't go to this therapist, I didn't receive from this one. If only, if only, if only, if only. It's not if only. It's how you are, your attitude, being positive and besimcha. This is how a person can get out. But obviously... The only way really we can do this is we need the tzaddikim to teach us these teachings. We have the tzaddikim who tell us about these ideas in the first place that give us the boost and the chizuk to know that this is what we have to do, this is the way out. We have a coach manager, a, a captain for our platoon, right? The pluga, who's, who's telling us the manual and the guidelines how to fight the war. We can make it visitation. So we should be zocher to take what we got from Shavuot to take the keter of the mikveh, the bounce, boom, and then the difficulty in staying up and doing the rest of the davening, and then having a hangover. Look, we're all tired. I'm also upside down. Shavuot takes at least one or two days to get uh, over the, the hangover of, of the light of Shavuot, whether it's the cheesecake we spoke about or it's the change of the, the day. That I put a lot of energy and effort staying up all night. They say about the Chida, by the way, the Chida, even until his ripe old age, he would stay, say the Zohar, Ija Rabba and Ija Zuta, standing up. You know that hard, that hard, how hard that is? He would say the whole Tikkun El Shavuot, especially the Zohar part, standing up until he was even old, just because of the, the power intensity of the situation. He would pay the price afterwards, being tired and pain in the knees and pain in the feet, but that's part of the Tikkun. It's called Tikkun El Shavuot, and the payback is immense, is immense, Bezat Hashem. We should be Zohar to be strong and accepting this attitude of Judaism. This is the secret of our continuity, that we accept, we're able to accept the bounce, the lamate, the not reaching, accept it as part of the picture, and by that, 
obtaining everything even though I didn't make it. Even though I didn't make it across, I still have access to everything in the All right, if any questions or comments. So you, when, you, when you talk about connected and disconnected, is, is the disconnected just, it's a limitation? No, it's a pushback totally. Pushback. So it, it can be totally even. You're pushed back all the way down. limited to go further. You're being knocked yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. Not, it's not enough that I'm limited. There's a, there's right. a wall. It's, it's, a bou- it's a bounce. It's a bounce. Bounce back. Yeah, it's like a wall where I crash into it. It's a rubber wall. Boom. boom a trampoline wall. Bounces me. I tra- I'm going like 100 kilometers per hour into this trampoline rubber. Boom. And then it, it sends me back. What, what is the answer? What do you mean? To stop to try to get back or? No, no. You have to go forward. The ke- Hashem sends you the Keter, but, but, you accept it. But the, but the disappointment too. The disappointment and in, the, in the back. So the disappoint, the, the, what's the answer to the disappointment you mean? What's the attitude towards the what disappointment? What should be the attitude? Simcha. Simcha ta mitzvah. That's what he said. Wherever you are, there's a mitzvah that you can do now. Uh-huh. Person's back on the floor. The story told the Razusha and Ravali Melch. You're able to do a mitzvah now that I, I can't... I, the story we told about Rosh you, you were here last time. We told yeah. the story, right? Now, Hashem, I want to do your mitzvah, but I can't because I'm in front of a, a, a bathroom and I can't say blessings, I can't say shema. So consider as if I, I did the mitzvah. And you're, according to Allah, you're accredited to a certain type of mitzvah by doing that. You said it last time, but that's with the, in, the, in the jail, right? They danced, the jail. They the, yeah. dance around the pot. Right. And that's around then the they then took it away. They took it away. Now that solved the situation. That's, just, that's, uh, that's how it is in life. Uh-huh. It's the answer is the summit was in every level. Every yeah, level gets is, you out of Hechala Tamorot at any level. Anywhere you're fallen, Simchat HaMitzvah shakes Binarenu, Bizkenenu, Nelech. It shakes all the worlds. If a Jew from the lowest, you see, wh- where does the rope shake the most? When you hold the rope in the middle or when you hold the rope at the end? When you hold the rope at the end, it shakes much better. Yeah. If I'm holding the rope in the middle, I, how much can I shake it that it shakes the whole rope? When I got the grasp at the very end of it on the bottom, and I start shaking from there, it really shakes much more than if I was holding the rope in the middle or towards the top. So, so too, when a Jew goes down all the way to Hechalat Murat, he's in the bottom, the exchange chambers, and from there he starts doing Mitzvot B'Simcha, which says shake and bake. Shake and bake. It starts shaking all of creation, okay? That's how he shakes everything, Lifting them up also. It lifts up everyone, including himself. It's amazing. This lesson is phenomenal. Again, like and I said... the goal is not to, to reach the Esau. He says, the tendency of a human being is, yes, to run after the Esau. I see it, I'm running there, I'm running towards it. But, eh, 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 I can't but reach the it. The goal should be Simcha Yeah, In every level, yeah. In every level. Look, but don't touch. There's an expression. Look... But you can't touch it. You have to continue, you, you, continue driving for it, even though you're not gonna. You're not. Mean, you're not gonna attain it. It's gonna. It's the, the drive. Your, your car's gonna be pushed the back. The is the driving. Yes. The, the, the avoda is the drive towards it, even though you're not gonna attain it. So if you know, are we there yet? You know, in a car ride. You know, are we there yet? All the kids yelling. Right, yeah. Because you okay. You you feel good if there's a light at the end of the tunnel. All right, right. right. And we spoke but we don't need that. We don't need that. We just need to. But in the end, you do gain. You create nine vessels, nine chambers, and in those nine chambers now, you have a vessel to receive wisdom from the Ein Sof. You do gain. You do gain chokhmah. You do gain yeah, knowledge. Important. It comes to you. It's not it comes to you. 
You didn't go to it. You can't, you can't get there. You want to get there. No, we push you back. You create nine vessels. These nine vessels are, are, are these nine chambers are vessels to receive this infinite light within vessels. So you do reach nothing. it. Not for it's not for nothing. Totally Never totally not for nothing. You accomplish a tremendous amount. Even if you're sent back all the way to Hechalat Morot, the exchange chambers, you always gain, you're always, you've gained. He sends you the light here, down. He sends you light down, exactly. Because you have to, it's not. And he says more, he says more. You're never going to be like more. Right. But he says, we have no sin more. He says, the simcha comes from the keter, from the ensof, sorry, ensof. And the ensof leads to simcha. In other words, sorry, in order to connect to ensof, you need simcha. And vice versa. In order to be besimcha, you need light of ensof. See how they work? A leads to B. And B leads to A. To be happy, how could it, we said this last week, how can I be happy if I'm now, everything is dark, I can't see anything. So the Simcha sent a person from the Ein Sof. Mm-hmm. How did I merit that? Because in the past, I did try to connect to the Or Ein Sof, and they pushed me back. What do I gain? That now Or Ein Sof shines its light to me in my darkness to remind me to be happy as I am, where I am, in whatever situation, and to reconnect with joy. So a, B leads to A. And then I drive up, I go up again with Simcha in order to connect to Ein Sof. And again, i almost there. Ah, no. Get there. Boom. Bounce. And then again. Okay? This is how it works in life. Phenomenal. Connecting to, to the Simcha of the Nasiya. Simcha of the Nasiya. We're, yeah. we're uh, going... Uh, of the Nasiya. 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 Of the N